The way I see it, if you have happy people in your business, happy people are going to work harder and smarter, and they're also going to back you. They're going to be there to drive the business forward. So for me, creating that happy environment has been really key to make people happy and to have purpose behind what we're doing. Hello there and welcome to Mental Health at Work, the podcast where company leaders and employees reveal the mental health stories that shaped how they think about work and themselves. This week we've got Matt Daly, co-founder and CMO of Circulate Digital, who shares how childhood trauma and difficult parental relationships shaped his thoughts on mental well-being and how he's learned from his own mistakes when it comes to supporting employees. This podcast is brought to you by Oliva, proper mental health support for the whole team. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hello there. I'm really, really good. Amazing to be on this show, I've got to say. Super, super welcome. I'm very happy to have you here and welcome to Mental Health at Work podcast. Thank you so much. It's really great. <laughs> it's it's nice because you have your own podcast. I do so indeed. So it's like, you know how this works, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be super fun to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got my, my podcast around digital ads and company culture, mental health, leadership, this kind of stuff. So it's, it's a really nice, kind of similar to the way you guys have set it up. It's a very nice mix between business and mental health and, and generally building great cultures within business. Thank you. Let's rewind a little bit and give us like two cents about you and your business and obviously your podcast. I've been running a digital agency now for eight years. We actually recently changed our agency to be more focused around digital ads. So what that means is we work across, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok, Spotify, Google, all the main kind of big players. And we help businesses all across the globe to basically optimize their campaigns to convert customers. So we're here to help businesses that want to scale and growth and are maybe struggling to get that scaling and growth feeling within their business which is a, a huge, huge issue for a lot of different businesses out there because you've, on one end you've got generating the, the traffic, but once you've got the traffic, how do you get it to convert? And there's a story that you need to tell to get people into that place. So that's a little bit about what we do. I co-founded it with my brother, Danny. Uh, he's a couple of years older than me, so it's quite a nice family business, but we've been working really hard to develop our company culture. And it's been, I'd say for the last couple of years, something we've been really, really hot on. How was the idea born? Funnily enough, because Danny and I went to university in Brighton and at university, we actually set up our first digital agency and it was a massive failure. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we actually uh, started, it, when I said it was a massive failure, it was a failure for one reason. It's because we didn't get a proper accountant. So we ended up getting all sorts of fines and all these different things. So we decided to like go off and learn a bit more about digital advertising and design and websites, which then three years later, uh, I was in a point at work where I thought, oh, I'm really quite keen to rediscover that again. And Danny was in exactly the same place. And we ended up just going, right, let's let's just leave this and, and do our own thing. Right. And how is it to have a business together with family? It's very interesting because you can be quite upfront and frank about things that you might not feel confident doing if you weren't family in that sense. So 
we have a lot of openness within our business. And I think coming back to like me and my brother, we went through a lot as children as well, which is kind of, I guess, one of the reasons that we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But I feel like we're very connected and it's helped us a lot with our business to when things get tough, we're there for each other and we've got each other's back. So it's really nice. But at the same time, we can have discussions and fall out <laughs> like brothers, <laughs> like bickering brothers, but we always make up and that's the beauty of it. <laughs> How many people are in the business right now? There's 12 of us right now. So we're split across Manchester, Sheffield and I'm actually in Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pulled the lucky straw there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's super nice. And how, how does the rest of the team feel about you two being brothers? I think they like it. Like I said, it feels like a bit of a family in our business. Mm. So I think we've kind of generated a culture which is more open and frank with each other. If there's something we need to discuss, we just discuss it. But also there's things that over time we've had to work on as a business it's been difficult like our company culture hasn't always been amazing so it is a transformation it's one of those things that happens over time and I think time is one of the things that we have lots of right now so we have to make the most of having an objective and working with the team on that but I think generally based on data and statistics that I have on my office vibe <laughs> things are pretty good <laughs> but I, lo I love the fact it's open this is great I'll want to dig in a little bit more about the company culture, but let's yeah, do that a little bit uh, later. Tell me a little bit more about your podcast. It's really a podcast about two things that are really of interest to me. So number one is digital advertising and scaling business, because I think this is really relevant right now. But also like, how do you scale a business and maintain a really strong company culture and that leadership aspect, which again is a lot of people get wrong. I, I believe. And um, so it's, it's really, I love to chat to people that have got that insight into the world, like, you know, business owners that have scaled and tried to work on the company culture and, and in some cases gone completely wrong. And uh, I, I think with the podcast, you get a very open feeling around how that looks. And it, it's something that fascinated me, but we've now got TDH, which is the Daily Hustle podcast. And we're also running an academy as well, which is going to get launched for digital advertising. So Yes, it's kind of a hybrid of two different topics. Yeah, I guess what you aim is to share learnings through other people's mistakes and also like vulnerabilities. Yeah, I'm, I think vulnerabilities like key. I had one guy on the show, Chris O'Connell, he kind of built his business up and then he had an exit that went a little bit sour. He lost a lot of money and it was a 25 million turnover company. And mm. he's actually quite big on the internet now, but I got to know him through this podcast and so these people teach me a lot and I love being like a little sponge that comes in and just learns and absorbs the information because there's always a moment in life where you're going to meet someone that's maybe struggling I had a moment in the airport the other day I saw someone yeah. struggling in the queue and I thought to myself I'm going to ask if they're okay like when you spot a sign of someone panicking and anyway I, I went over and I said are you okay And she said, no, not really. I've missed two flights now and I've got to go to work tomorrow and bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I said, come with me. Uh, I, ju I just heard something in Spanish and I understood it and she didn't. And I got us to the front of the queue. <laughs> so we went through a different queue. And then after that, I invited her to uh, have some breakfast for me. And then she got on her flight. And I thought to myself, this is a moment where when you can spot where someone's stressed or they're going through a lot of panic, it's really nice to be able to spot these trends. And it's something that I love to just do. I think kindness is number one for me. 
I feel like this empathy comes from a place where you've been in that place before. Yeah, I have, yeah. I've had a lot of struggles. I lost my mum a couple mm. of years ago, but before that, when I was nine years old, uh, my mum actually left. So the connection between my mum and when she left to, to when she died, I actually set some dramas off for me. And one of the things that it set off for me was I almost saw my dad die. So my dad overdosed on prescribed medication because of the stress in which my mother had caused um, to him. And uh, How my old brother were you? And I, I was nine. I was nine years old. This is pretty much the day she left. Um, she gave me a bag of, of medicine and I ran into the garden, stood on top of the shed and basically got rid of it. And then the ambulance came, took away my dad, and then he was away for three days and I was with the neighbour. But this was really, really crazy behavior and like this is my first ever kind of place where I'd been dealing with someone that's dealing with big issues and that was my mm. dad and my mum at the time and if you fast forward a few years my mum got MS and she, so multiple sclerosis and which actually I didn't realize damaged her brain and and sent her into a world of problems uh, around her mental health and I met up with her and I just thought, God, this woman is just an alcoholic. And I didn't really have a lot of understanding of mental health at the time. So I just passed it by as that. And um, it wasn't until she died, I found out that that was one of the big reasons behind her behavior. And this was kind of the catalyst to what made me want to jump in and understand more. So at this point, I was sitting there and I was also going through a lot of mental health struggles with anxiety and just trying to understand a, a lot of things. And the penny really dropped in September last year when I moved back to Barcelona fully. I've been in Manchester for a while. I got a box of my mum's things and it was photographs and it sparked all these memories from when I was younger and she wasn't that person that, you know, I thought she was. And uh, that was a place where I completely forgave every single thing she ever did. It was a moment of clarity for me to understand her problems. It gave me so much perspective. And at that moment, I was like, right, I've, I have to move back to Barcelona. And I've got such a good bubble here, such a good connection. And it was the journey for me to start battling with some of these things. It's very sad to hear such a story I, I don't think you realize quite to the extent of of how that impacts your life I think this was like the main thing that I've really realized is how much that it has impacted my life from the age of nine years old but at the same time it helps to build that perspective around a lot of things when you know you think you're having a bad day and mm -hmm. then you can draw perspective from different areas in your life and I think it's really important to actually be present in that moment and really think about that. How do you feel now about thinking about your childhood and everything that you went through? I think I'm a lot more at peace with it now. Like I've, I've kind of gone through like the stage, I'm 32 years old, right? So this is a long, long journey. Um, and I've had anxiety for years, like since, since I moved to Barcelona at least five years ago, like I remember sitting in bed with heart palpitations, thinking that I had like some kind of heart condition <laughs> and and actually like it's it was just anxiety but I'm, I'm a lot better now at trying to not get myself influenced by the future understand that moment that you're in and you're overthinking about the future and this kind of stuff and actually meditation has been key I meditate every day I think this is really important to you know settle you down with your breathing and stuff like this when did you start meditating 
I've been meditating for the last five years, pretty much mm. since since I first understood anxiety. I was I went to hospital because my vision was blurry. Uh, they they basically were like, yeah, you've you've not actually got anything wrong with you apart from the fact you've got severe anxiety. Um, and they well, put me on. I, I would say that is something wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, in in terms of like you know, a, a my heart wasn't failing. Yeah. in that, in that yeah, sense, yeah. but but yeah, like you're right. Like anxiety is huge and it's something if you understand that you've got it you need to find a way to deal with it because it's an important change in your body and your mind and actually I was reading a book the other day about how you need to connect your body and your mind and doing things mm. like sport getting out there and getting up early and doing things like meditation this is really really great for you and um, mm. connecting the two I think has been more recently actually my way of picking my personality back up and trying to get myself out there and feel good again. So you mentioned that you went to therapy. So how was that yeah. experience for you? How, do, how did you, when was your first experience going to therapy? How was it for you? That's when all of my childhood traumas came out. I was always scared at the fact of what if I speak to my mum and she reacts in this way. And like my mum was just a mess. Like it was my granddad's 90th birthday and she she barely recognized me or said anything to me and, I, and that i left there in tears i i left that place drove home and thought i'm never going to see that my mum again and actually the funny thing about that and not really that funny is i didn't ever see her again mental health was really really a, quite a big thing for her which was a challenge all sorts of crazy behavior sleeping in pubs sleeping in bushes and i was just not even aware of this stuff i never even got told about it it was mm. quite mad when you think about it It is. At the same time, I'm I'm thinking, like, poor woman that went through all yeah. this, and it must be very tough to realize now as a as an adult everything that you didn't know, and now you can understand from a different perspective yeah. from being an adult too. But at the same time, I'm thinking about that little Matt that didn't have yeah. a mum there yeah. present. I think one of the biggest problems I had was actually connecting the family on their side. Basically, they kind of blamed me for not seeing my mum. But then there was two different stories that, you know, were so different that they didn't understand me and I didn't understand them. And it was only when she passed, we kind of actually got together and spoke about all this stuff. It was like a, a connecting moment with that family as well to understand what had actually happened. And I was clearly just at the time not really that fussed because I was hurt. That's where the damage really steps in. And it's, it is a learning because it makes you think now that if there's a problem, the most important thing to do is talk about it and actually meet with that person and be open and transparent. Yeah, it's important to talk, but you need to have someone in the other end that is yeah. able to have the same level of conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I'm hearing that wasn't the case for you. Yeah, no. Not at all, unfortunately. And it's, it's, it's a real shame. If I could go back now and understand everything, I would have tried harder to have done it. But at the same time, I mean, I spoke to my therapist when she passed and she said, there's nothing you can control on that. Like, the, the, the past is as it is and it would have been uncontrollable by the sounds of things. But, like, I have this thing around micro moments and I believe that every little moment that you take in life will send you down a different path. I had a talk eight years ago in a, in a room and I talked about this, about the genius behind little micro moments in your life that send you into different directions. 
And I believe that if you can really own that as well and be comfortable with, with taking risky decisions or being open to taking new opportunities, this can really help you to understand yourself a bit better as well. But mm. I wish that I would have had that mindset back then. What would you have done differently? If I could go back now, I would have actually tried to have seen my mum. If, I if I'd have known that this was the situation, I would have at least tried to have been present around her and have gone back and, and spoken to her. The problem is, I think she hurt me so much that I'd kind of shut the door. And, and my brother too. You could have gone back and maybe looked at things in a different light, been more empathetic. It's just being more empathetic to people and not really judging. I think there was like judging someone, you know, look, not looking at their identities, looking at the person, paying attention to their kind of individual character, not, not looking at things based on assumption, I think was for me a big learning. How about empathy towards yourself? How are you on that? I think now it's getting a lot better. I'm getting better at just being by myself as well. Like I like having time and doing my own things and like going, I've been getting up at 7am going running. And I think oh, like nice. the power of like dopamine in your brain is like crazy. Like you can, you can create such like an exciting journey if you're getting out there and exercising and eating well. I think these are two really, really good things to do. Exercise and diet. <laughs> Although you Absolutely. have to find balance, right? Like I was there at the weekend eating pizza and, and two, two different occasions, <laughs> but it's, it's a balance. Like most of the week I was sitting there eating avocado on toast for lunch. <laughs> Absolutely. This morning we were having French toast, brioche French toast with yeah. my boyfriend. I was like, this is not very healthy. And he was like, it depends. It's very healthy for your soul. <laughs> I was yeah, like, good exactly. point, good point. How all this story, your personal, you, you mentioned like your trauma, your story, your mental health, how does this shape your professional career? If you go back like prior to COVID times, we had problems in our business and it was around staff retention. We had a very different company culture at the time. Like I think it was a lot more strict and We thought we were doing things right, but we weren't. What do you mean by strict? I think we would be a lot more brutal in terms of like, you know, who we're hiring. If someone wasn't performing, they'd be out the door. We wouldn't put the steps in place to help them to perform. And a lot of companies still behave that way, you know. I, I was sitting in an office in Barcelona, Barceloneta. I was actually viewing the office and I just heard this guy come through in the in the room next to me and he says... The reports are late. And I'm not going to say it because it's swearing. He said, yeah. you know what happens when we don't do the effing reports? You get fired. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> But exa yeah. exactly the same kind of, it's never been as, as crazy as that. But like, it's that moment where you see someone else doing that. You go, crikey, that is, that's just bonkers. And I think what's happened now is I'm a lot, I found us being a lot more empathetic. We're not perfect. And I don't think, perfect really exists but we're trying to basically be better at managing people and actually helping people and guide people in the right direction we have like 
a much more flexible policy around that. We have like mental health therapy sessions. We've got so many different perks in our business, all this kind of stuff to like help build that company culture, but also hiring the right people that have got the right personalities that fit together. I think that's been a real big one for us in terms of really screening people that we're, we're bringing into the business. Was there a moment, a realization? How, how was it? Basically, we understood something called OKRs. And if, if you're familiar with OKRs uh, or not familiar, it, it basically means objective key results. So we kind of sat down and went, what is our objective as an agency? Like take away all the money and all this kind of stuff. Like what's going to make us happy? What's going to make us come in every day and feel great? And uh, that led back to building the best working environment. The way I see it, if you have happy people in your business, happy people are going to work harder and smarter and they're also going to back you. They're going to be there to drive the business forward. So for me, like creating that happy environment has been really key to make people happy and to have purpose behind what we're doing. And I believe that now we're in a much stronger position than we were two years ago and actually achieving that goal. And how was this working towards that new culture? Because I'm getting like culture is not something that changes from one day yeah. to the like, no, we're going to be cool and empathetic. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but there is a history behind it. How, how did you plan this? How did you say, okay, we are going to make this change? We actually put something in called Office Vibe. So the first thing to understanding culture and the little signals in your business is not everyone is going to give you a true reflection of their feelings. So what I thought is we'll get this anonymous tool that gives us a true reflection of their feelings because they can say whatever the hell they want on it. So, <laughs> and we don't know who it is. So um, we basically installed that and we started realizing like these little micro signals of when people weren't happy or what was causing stress for them. Like we had a co-working center that we were in at the time in Manchester And like they were getting fed up of it because it was so loud, noisy, and they didn't feel like they could get any space in there. So we went, right, we're scrapping the co-working, we're getting you an office. Got them into the office <laughs> and then a few months settled in and we picked these signals up again and they were like, we kind of want to go back to co-working. <laughs> so, so we made those changes. But I think being reactive to those changes has really helped because like it's not always like someone can't just put their hand up and say, I want to do this. Like it, we need to like analyze what everyone's feeling. We do things as a business together. So we just make sure that we act on, on what we say we're going to do. At the same time, it requires a lot of like ego free mindset, yeah. right? Because you're saying, okay, we are going to go anonymous because yeah. you are knowing or you're guessing that people don't feel safe to share yeah. Openly, exactly. the, so it takes a a lot of courage and ego aside to recognize. Okay, I'm not yeah. having the the safest environment, and B, I'm willing to listen, right? Because yeah. many times we focus too much on talking and we yeah. forget listening. Do you still have that anonymous way of saying things? Yeah, but now we have something a bit better than that. So we do like regular feedback forums. So uh, what we're trying to do is make sure that every month we have a session where people can talk openly. And also, like, we talk quite openly with our, our leadership team as well, who then go and talk to the team. And it's kind of like a, a water funnel effect in that sense as well. It has, of course, changed from 
two years ago. But it's just a constant journey of, of learning and implementing. I think it's very easy to just learn and have like a cool pool table in the office and be like, well, everyone's just going to be happy. Like, cool, they've got a pool table, they've got free refreshments, all this kind of stuff. But this is kind of stuff which I just see as like tick box stuff. Uh, the deeper stuff comes into like understanding people's wellness at work and their engagement and what they're enjoying about that place that they're in. And um, I think this is kind of what the journey we've been on in the last couple of years is is really understanding the data behind it. A lot of companies yeah. forget about the data. Like it all starts with data and, and openness as well. Yeah, going deeper than just the surface of cool yeah, things yeah. or perks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the route of going, leaving the door open for anonymous feedback. And that is a way of measuring how safe people feel in the workplace, right? Because they could yeah, say it anonymously, but they write their name because they don't need to go that route of anonymous. Yeah, 100%. I feel like it's a really important step to take as a business. Is, and I actually recommend this to anyone that's like, like, I get quite a lot of people, obviously now we've got the podcast show live. A lot of people always ask me like, how do you manage your staff culture and this kind of stuff? I always say it's not perfect, but it's work in progress. I think we spend a lot of time looking into the future and thinking about things that are like outside of our control. But when you work on it constantly over time, this is when you're going to make progress. Like you said, like if you if you sit there and go, right, we've got a pool table. Hey, everyone's like happy now. <laughs> like it's not going to be the case, is it? Because most people are working from home anyway. So they just like to have a nice, easy day. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned before your previous culture was very strict and you mentioned an, yeah. uh, an example of someone in a performance improvement plan and it was like, okay, you're not delivering goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing this differently now? Yeah, so I think like now, like we're actually just, again, being quite open, but talking about how we can improve things. So this week, for example, I've just done a, um, a, a document which is outlining what our goals and objectives are long term and breaking it down into mini milestones. It's, here's the end goal and understanding where people want to get to and breaking down how we're going to get there. And of course, like, you know, if, if we're not getting there, then you have to understand, is this person right for our business? But at the same time, you have to give people a shot to get to the end or to work towards the end. So it's like believing and understanding also the background and the history, like what the person is going through and helping them yeah. to achieve that Mystery. before saying, nope. We've actually got our first pregnancy within the uh, business as well. So mm -hmm. like Indri, who actually is coordinating a lot of the podcasts and stuff for us, she's heading off on maternity but again it's like this is so new to us we've never dealt with this before but I'm just trying to make her life easy to make sure that she's got the time if she's not feeling great or whatever I just want her to feel calm and relaxed because it's it's a stress you know you've got something else growing inside you and I I can't say I've been through the same thing obviously <laughs> but I've seen my brother's wife do it and I know it's stressful so like balancing that and work You have to understand people's personal circumstances. Absolutely. And how do you find talking about your own mental health with your co-workers? I, I actually find it quite easy now, to be honest. I'll, I'll quite often, if I'm having a bad day, I'll message Taylor or injury or, uh, and I'll let them know how I'm feeling. And I think You it's say quite now open. as before it wasn't like this? Yeah, I don't think we would have done no before. I think we've built that level of trust now, though, with our team where we can talk. 
it's quite open, honestly. I could message Taylor and say, I'm just feeling a bit low this week. Like the other week I went to Manchester and, you know, I've been travelling so much and I'm going through all this stress moving house in 12 months as well. I bought a house and sold a house in the space of 12 months. <laughs> it's like the most stressful thing. And I just said oh, to her, I'm just really stressed right now. I feel super burnt out. And um, actually, the way I've fixed that myself is just getting myself back into the routine. After that travel is fixing my routine. And yeah, I spoke to Taylor about all of this stuff. And it's it's just nice to be able to have that conversation. And don't forget as well, me and my brother talk every day like probably about 10 times a day so like for, for me and him it's really good to be able to talk about this stuff I like seeing like how it's doable like you can have a culture of not much empathy or super strict and yeah. then you can actually break that pattern and you can change things and it needs to start with yourself and I love yeah. that you are now sharing your experiences, being open about your mental health, sharing even publicly everything about your personal life. Obviously, I could sit here and, and think, oh, God, maybe people won't like what I'm going to post or won't like certain thing I've said. But at the end of the day, I think, actually, I'll bring back a bit of context here. I had someone on the show, podcast show the other day, and she said, what is in terms of if you don't post it, you're obviously not getting your opinion out. But if you're posting it, what's the worst that can happen, basically? So, like, you might get a, a comment, a bad comment about something, or maybe you won't. But you'll never really know until that's happened. And even if it does happen, it's not a life-changing scenario of someone breaking you, you know what I mean? So it's it's just important to be open and, and vulnerable in these situations. This is what Chris O'Connell said as well, actually, is, is vulnerability is key. In, in being a good leader. I Was it difficult that. for you to be vulnerable? At the start, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's it's hard to open up, isn't it? Because I think it, the, a lot of the things that, like, society has told us for years, especially as, like, guys, is you've got to be tough. Like, there's, e there's even a famous quote from Winston Churchill that says, you know, stiff up a lip, which means just be tough. And I see it now, actually, in people sometimes. And I think I can really spot, like, when people are, are really putting that ego on the table and, like, you know, just trying to be tough. And a lot of the time in this situation, these people have got some problems that they're battling. We're all a work in progress, not the finished article. If I was the finished article now, I don't know what where I'd be, you know? <laughs> like, I don't think there's ever such a thing as, like, the finished article in this sense. I can see your, your smile in your face when you're telling about yeah. new things that you're trying and how you're not afraid of changing things the way they are, like moving to Barcelona, like changing a whole business yeah. culture. When I came to Barcelona, I literally knew no one. I didn't know anyone. I, I moved here alone. And the first six weeks was really crap because <laughs> like, I like literally was like trying to get in to know people. But now I've gone through that process of understanding myself a bit better as well and that journey, like I'm meeting new people. I think it's like, it helps me to go into new new environments and thrive in some cases. Like I, I literally, right here, you won't be able to see, but I have a tattoo and it's uh, of Attico, which is a co-working center. I've been in there for five years. And uh, I basically got the tattoo of Attico because I had a bet with, with the CEO. And I, I got, first of all, I got the coordinates and I was like, right, 
I got the coordinates to show you guys how much I love you. Like you've you've been such a big part of my life, and I care about you guys a lot. And he was his face like lit up. He was so happy, and he said to me, "If you get the logo on on that arm or on this one, it's all, I'll give you free rent for life." So now I literally do not pay any rent at Attico. Like it's but it's, it's it's one of those moments where you know. You have to make a decision. Just go with it. I mean, I can't, I can't rub this thing off now. It's there for life, you know. You can get lasered off, but I don't want to because the, the the culture at Attico that kind of developed me here has been amazing. Like I've met so many people. Luckily, they have a, a pretty. Luckily, they have a pretty yeah. um, logo. Otherwise, it would be like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, imagine if it was like WeWork or something. That would have just been horrendous. I can't, can't imagine it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all this. Honestly, I feel super grateful learning about your story. And I, I think it's, I learned a lot from you. And I really appreciate you talking so openly. No, thank you so much for having me on. I mean, it's, again, I, I feel like these things are always good for you to talk about. So, like for me personally, um, like maybe there's someone else out there right now that's been through a similar kind of trauma and, you know, it's, it's seeing that it's okay to talk about this kind of mm -hmm. stuff and even make changes within your own lifestyle because of this stuff. Like there's a reason why we're, we're trying to be the best digital agency, like in terms of a cultural kind of fit. It's these things don't always have to be a negative. They can have a positive influence on how you create the future. So It's about figuring out how to do that from your, your experiences. Matt, again, thank you so much. I wish you the best with your podcast. I hope yeah. I, I'm continuing <laughs> listening to, to it. And right. thank you so much. Keep sharing these stories. Thank you very much. Take care. This episode of Mental Health at Work was hosted by Maite Otero, produced by Billy Cragen, and brought to you by Oliva. Proper mental health support for the whole team. Thanks to Matt for letting us in on the secret to getting free lifetime access to your favorite co-working space. If you're a fan of the podcast, you can like or subscribe to Mental Health at Work in all the usual places. And if you really want to help us beat the podcast search engine algorithms, You can also leave us a review on Apple or Spotify, preferably a positive one. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.